Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey everyone, before I start this week's episode, I just want to let you know that I am doing my first ever live book cheat podcast. I am taking this thing live on Sunday, April 4th at 4.15 in the afternoon. It's a Sunday afternoon at the European Beer Cafe in Melbourne. And I've just announced the guests are two of my absolute favourites on this show, Michelle Brazier and Ben Russell. And we'll be together tackling a brand new classic before your very eyes. If you want to be there, tickets are on sale right now and you can buy them via the link in the description of this episode. And if you're a fan of the mini podcast network that is Do Go On, it is a big day of comedy and podcasting that day. So at 2pm, Matt Stewart is doing his Primates live podcast with guests Nick Mason from The Weekly Planet, Cass Page from Sandspans Radio and Evan Munro-Smith from Gamey Gamey Game, all previous guests of BookCheat. That goes straight into BookCheat live at 415 with Michelle Brazier and Ben Russell. You can then go watch Matt do his stand-up show at 6.55 at the Victoria Hotel and bring it all home with me, Matt, and Jess Perkins live doing our Do Go On podcast at 8.30 back at the European Beer Cafe. And if you can do all four shows in a day, I will salute you. But yeah, first ever live book cheat, April 4, 4.15. Tickets are on sale now via the link in the description of this episode. I really hope to see you there. And welcome to Book Cheat, the book club podcast where I've read the book so you don't have to. My name is Dave Warnicke and on each episode of this show we look at one of the classics. And joining me to look at such a classic this week, it's Sammy Shah and Jack Drews. Hello. Hello. Hi. Yeah. Hey, How are we doing? Sammy Shah, yeah. And this is... I'm Jack Drews. Everyone. There we go. Hello. <laughs> great, great double act here. Yeah. <laughs> oh, thanks for coming along. Uh, of course, thanks for having us. We're yeah. recording this on a beautiful Sunday afternoon, so sorry to drag you inside away from the sun. No, I hate the sun. I'm, I'm not a fan of the sun, and okay, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. happy to avoid the damn thing. Anti-sun? <laughs> yeah. Okay. I've never been a fan. <laughs> Jack, feelings on the sun? I was out uh, plowing a field before, and uh, <laughs> now my harvest is going to be devastated. Oh, but, no. Um, happy to support the pod. What Thank you. Appreciate your, that. What were your, what were your uh, crop? Um, uh, just wheat. All right, cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah Basics. Enough. Just yeah. To, yeah, making bread. Yeah, good. Yeah, exactly. Excellent. Good stuff. <laughs> yeah, well, while you're in here, I've uh, sent out a team to <laughs> to reap the benefits of your hard work. <laughs> yeah. So I'm gonna. I've got a lot of uh, wheat tonight mm. to look forward to. Well, thanks for coming on the show. We talk about uh, classic books. Um, Sammy, it's your first time on the show. Yes. Thanks for coming along. Yeah, I have listened to previous episodes, though. Yeah. I think the last one I heard, though, was a while back. It was Ben Russell was on with someone else. I can't remember who. 
Um, and yeah, it was it was a good one. Yeah, oh, thank you very much because I reached out to you, uh, you know, and I explained the show. Thing, do you want to be on it? And you're like, yeah, I've heard it. And I yeah. was like, very happy with that. <laughs> so appreciate nerdy, that. Nerdy, I'm down with <laughs> yeah, it. Okay, so, yeah, okay. <laughs> so I'm just curious because you're you're an author yourself. Have you yes. have you had any people do podcasts where they chat about any of your stuff? Because I feel like that would be. Very <laughs> I do not sell well enough for that okay. to ever happen. <laughs> no, you know what it is like, when when a book comes out, they they put you on promotional tour. Right, so there'll be right. some book podcasters or radio shows that will read your book because they have to and then you know, the manager, the producer told them to read it and then, they, then yeah, they'll yeah. Ha- have you on to talk about it a little bit but no one's actually done it for the joy of reading it no <laughs> it's one's more like, riffing about your <laughs> book yeah no no <laughs> not at all but how would you feel if if people did a book cheat style thing where they talked about it sort of made fun of it a little bit oh, would you I'd be, be on it or would you be you wouldn't be offended no I would be completely thrilled of course like it's one of those things where someone wants to take a picture of my book and it was at uh, you know Savers in Brunswick yep. it was in the second hand bookshelf aisle and they're like oh I'm so sorry yeah, I just saw this in the <laughs> Savers thing and this must be really painful for you I'm like are you kidding me that's awesome it means one person read it they don't want any more now someone else might read it i don't give a shit as long as people are reading it it's not like you can earn money doing it anyway right like every copy sold gives me three dollars so fuck it yeah well, if you sell 80 million copies yeah i'm not one of those unfortunately <laughs> I, re- I realized very early in my career <laughs> yeah. i am not even a mid-list author yeah. how, how do they think stuff ends up at op shops like everything there is just thrown in the yeah like, <laughs> i'm not wearing these jeans get them out of here yeah, they, <laughs> they send you a photo they're like i'm so sorry this must really offend you i found this leather jacket yeah, yeah. i know you wear a lot of leather <laughs> yeah yeah but also if they were worried you're going to be offended why do they send it that's to you? the that question is, that i that's did crazy ask. i did ask that question this was not a good person it turned out in life yes (laughs) so you published multiple books but are you much of a reader yeah voraciously and has Um, that always been the case yeah basically it was uh it's why i have spectacles now because i used to read under the covers at night when i was a kid um i was my family used to have to pat me down before we'd go to dinners and events because i'd always be (laughs) smuggling books into the things because I didn't want to sit around <laughs> making small talk. Or, uh, <laughs> try to sneak a bit copy of Jane Austen into this yeah. Thai restaurant. No okay. chance. Yeah, yeah. So my, I had friends who used to... I had a big garden when I was growing up. And I had friends who'd come over to play cricket in my garden while I was upstairs reading books. Because I'm like, I don't want to play cricket. I don't give a shit. Um, so yeah, and to this day, so bit, especially with the advent of audiobooks, I'm thrilled. Because now I can do an audiobook and a physical book in a week. So it's great. Yeah. yeah. At the same time, or are you taking... Ease? Concentrating um, I mean, on one. No, no, no. They're different ones. Always. <laughs> there are amazing people that can yeah, do that kind of thing. I know. Thing. No, I listen to one and yeah, then okay. when I'm when I'm working, like you know, cleaning the house or driving or something, and then when I'm not, when I'm just able to sit down, then I'll, I'll read another book. Yeah, sure. And has there been any highlights lately? Um, definitely Stephen King's new one. I'm a big Stephen King nut. Like I always have been. Have you read most of his? Because there's so much many. Everything. Wow. Yeah, I've been a Stephen King completist my whole life. So it's a uh, um, later, um, which is his new one, has just come out. Uh, so I've been audiobooking that. Which has been great. And I just finished a really great one called This Is How You Lose the Time War, which is a novella. It's like a little thin piece. Um, and it's basically a, a love story between two people uh, from different factions of a, of, a war, of a war that is being fought through time. Um, and it sounds like a science fiction thing, but it's really not. It's beautiful. It's poetic. It's one of the best things I've read in a while. So, yeah. Yeah, I fantastic. All right. Yeah. Great. And how about you, Jack? You've been uh, reading much lately? Uh, well, I was just telling you guys before that I... <laughs> yeah, I must say, all right, yeah. the cat's out of the bag. I knew the answer to this question. <laughs> I do a pre-interview. Um, this whole thing is scripted. <laughs> Jack just pulled back the curtains completely. Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it just I'll made me sound it. like an idiot. Like, yeah, I already told I you, man. Yeah. told you this. 
That's a smooth mic technique. Yeah, yeah. You never listened um, to me. Yeah. Well, like uh, I, as I was yeah. saying, <laughs> as I detailed in my email to you guys, yeah. um, well, I haven't been reading uh, much recently because I've just gotten into those hardcore history podcasts, which are like kind of audiobooks in themselves, really. Oh, They're like eight to ten Carlin. hours or something. Yeah. yeah. Incredible. So that's been great. I've been listening to uh, the. And again. And yeah. again. That's, that's <laughs> yeah, a Dan Carlin voice. They killed him again. And again. It's like, what's your accent, man? Unquote. Yeah. This is, I, there'll be like two people in your audience who understand this reference, but it's like, I'm having the weirdest thing because there's this, um, I really like watching uh, MMA mm-hmm. and there's a, this MMA sort of journalist, broadcaster, former fighter guy called Chael Sonnen, who does these videos where he breaks down fights and he goes on this, these weird sort of, tangents that don't make a lot of sense and he'll get all of these weird segues and, and it, but he just has exactly the same voice as the guy does the hardcore oh, really? so it's like I'll be listening to it and I'll just sort of do, sort of just drift off a little bit and I'm like is this like has Chael Sonnen got so distracted from his fight analysis that he's now talking about like 14 hours into the second world war's eastern front yeah yeah, yeah. Like, he's really off track here he's this is an incredible analogy that he's yeah. <laughs> no yeah hardcore history is fantastic you, if you've just gotten into it I can recommend Ghost of the Oz Front um, uh, the what's the one about um, Caesar and everyone oh, Death Throes yeah. of the Republic Death Throes of the Republic best audio thing I've yes. ever listened to I love it you know if you pair that one with uh, the the History of Rome podcast by Mike Duncan. They are you. By the time you're done, you're basically a PhD in it. <laughs> you just know more officially because that's quite long too, isn't it? Yeah, that's but, but they all episodes, twenty yeah. minutes each, thirty minutes each. Yeah, and yeah, and they, but that's the complete history of the Western Republic, and you know, and Death Rose of the Republic is like 300, 400 years as well. It's, yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, I absolutely love it. Now today we are here to talk about a classic, as always, and today it is Lord of the Flies. Ah. <sighs> A commonly requested one. William Golding. Yet you, um, I asked you before, Sammy, you said that maybe you've studied it? Yes. Uh, so basically in ninth grade, my English teacher um, assigned Lord of the Flies to us for the, for the entire year. And it was very strange because no other schools, no other teachers kind of did the Lord of the Flies. They did other books. But she decided, she's like, this is a very important book. Kids need to read it. I don't know if ninth graders should read it, but we did. Yeah. And it definitely fundamentally changed uh, so many of us. Like, I remember discussing this um, a couple of years ago, and I was in ninth grade back in 1992 or 91. And I discussed it with the friends a few years ago, and we were all talking about how that book is why we love reading, why we have distrust of authority, why we like certain genres more than, like, it really shaped a lot of us in, in a lot of ways. <laughs> well, why like, we hate, like, pigs and love killing fat boys. Yeah, and, yeah all of those things. <laughs> yes, it's all part of it. <laughs> so I've really uh, accidentally hit hit on some gold here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. assume no, that it's was great. like a Perth thing or something. All well, yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah, that's also standard there. Yeah. How you get in. Yeah, Perth. you don't have to get into the, the stand-up scene. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but no, it's yeah, it's a great book. I think it's it's a, one of the most seminal works ever. Fantastic. All right, Jack, do you have much of a background with Lord of the Flies? Uh, I got nothing. I'm like Simpsons parodies, and that's it. That's <laughs> how I enter most of these. <laughs> Honestly, the <laughs> biggest reference for me I had was the Simpsons, and I rewatched that episode last night, and it is yeah. it's a classic. Yeah, it holds Se- up. <laughs> season nine, very very funny. Millhouse is just drowning out of the school bus. And he's like, help, help! I think I'm getting swimmer's ear. <laughs> very funny. I la- I had to pause. I laughed so much. But uh, I didn't know too much about it, um, so very happy to to read this one. And it has been, honestly, it's one of my most requested, which I didn't realize really? until. So people can request a book, and there's yeah. a link in the description of this episode if you want to uh, 
suggest a book or a play or a novel or anything you like. And uh, I should have said poetry, not novel twice. Um, but uh, it's been suggested by when I keyword searched it, 37 people. Not bad. Well, it is considered many people would argue. Um, I might even argue that. In fact, that's the best book of the 20th century. Wow, huge yeah, call. I yeah, love it. Yeah, it's, I think it's one like a BBC list or, or an Oxford list or something like that. You know, the end of the 20th century, there were all these lists of the most important yes, books, and that was up there. Yeah, I kept finding it in, in, in multiple lists. Mm-hmm. Um, but 37 people from all over the world, uh, I'd like to give them a shout-out, but it's not usually this many people, so I'm going to fire through it. <laughs> They're from the UK, Ireland, Canada, the United States, Australia, Norway, South Africa, even Gibraltar are getting behind wow. this book. Mm-hmm. And I'd like to thank... <laughs> Sorry, here's a list of 37 names. <laughs> <laughs> Marty Grievous, Joshua Fritz, Michelle Williams, not sure if it's the actress or the member of Destiny's Child, Joff, Ian Goodalock, Sandy, Rewind Turtle, Eleanor Rowe, Donnie, Kiana, Magnus Rotfarten, Riley, Sonny Smith, Daniel Gibsons, Nate, Bailey, Hamza Zia, Adam Wilson, Claudia Becker, Rebecca Davidson, Sarah Groom, Alex Hamilton Harris, Quentin Chalair, Ben Rowley, Neo Van Rensburg, love that one, Liam Powell, Harrison Schultz, Annabelle Martino, Mary Angelozzi, Taylor Rose, Callum McDonald, Rose McFadzine, Tia Penny, Stephanie Arnott, Spencer Roloff, Rachel Johnson, and Oliver Pedder Platt. That was well done, Dave. You Thank you that. very yeah. much. Yeah, very nicely read. And some, and some complicated names in there, too. Mm. Oh, Good pronunciation I, of Hamza Zia. I was impressed. Oh, thank you very much. Yeah. Appreciate that. <laughs> there are definitely a few that I just committed to, and I was yeah. like, that's how I'm saying it. <laughs> so, uh, Lord of the Flies, is for a background for anyone who hasn't read it, is the debut novel from English author William Golding. First published in 1954, it wasn't until 1961 that Golding gave up his day job as a teacher mm-hmm. to become a full-time writer. Uh, He continued to write throughout uh, his life, publishing novels, plays, and poetry, notably the 1980 Booker Prize-winning novel Rites of Passage. And three years later, in 1983, he was awarded the Nobel Prize for Literature. He died in 1993 at the age of 81. Lord of the Flies is his most famous book and is still commonly studied in schools and has made many lists of the best books of the 20th century. There we go. Mm. Yeah. Absolutely. So... It's the big time. Yeah, it's 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 not one indie bullshit book. This is a serious yeah. book. Yeah. But as an author, Sammy, how would you feel if your first one became seminal, one of the best novels of the of the twentieth century, and you continued to write for forty years afterwards? And no one brought up the other one. No, I know. I mean, <laughs> it's must it must be a weird thing. I know Stephen King used to talk about that. How people would come up to him thirty years later and be like, "The Stand is the best book you've written," and he's like, "I've written a lot of books," <laughs> and you just start hating that book. Apparently, so far, nothing I've written has ever been considered the best by anyone. So <laughs> I, uh, you know, uh, uh, the, when that happens, yep. I will resent it right away. <laughs> yeah, okay, for being <laughs> look for out being for that. Considered better than all the other ones I've written already. So yeah, <laughs> but um, but also yeah, William Golding. It was a, it was a you know if you don't know his history as bio, you'd assume he's a one hit wonder because you haven't read, heard of any of the others. No, but Nobody. he's also won the Booker Prize. That's a yeah. huge, yeah. huge and prize. And a Nobel Prize. And the Nobel Prize. I mean, you can't no argue with that. Shit. Everyone was like, Lord of the Flies, that's why you're getting everything. The rest. It's like, you know, when Denzel won, not for the hurricane, which is what he should have won for, the Academy Award, but instead he won for uh, Training Day, which happened the year later. And, oh no, it was the other way around. He won for... No, I think he won for Training Day, I think. Or did he win for Hurricane but should have won for Training Day? It was one of those two. But regardless, it's that kind of a thing, I think, where they didn't want to give him the book. They should have given him the booker for Lord of the Flies, but they oh, didn't. So they gave it to some right. other shit hero. There's nothing yeah. else that great this year, so I'll just give yeah. it his 80s work. You've earned it. Yeah. yeah. 
All right, so we usually start with the opening line just to paint the picture. And that opening line of The Lord of the Flies, or Lord of the Flies, is, quote, The boy with fair hair lowered himself down the last few feet of rock and began to pick his way towards the lagoon. Though he has taken off his school sweater and trailed it now from one hand, his grey shirt stuck to him and his hair was plastered to his forehead. Thus begins Lord of the Flies. Now we're talking. Yes, we are off. Not as suspenseful as, um, you know, it was the best of times, it was the worst of times. Yeah. But still <laughs> pretty right. good. <laughs> but Morgan's like, do you know how long that sentence is? Yeah. It goes for about three pages. Yeah. <laughs> it's comparing things. It was grey. It was black. Yeah. It was hot. It was cold. <laughs> <laughs> There's so many things. Gets you rubbed in, though. Where's this boy going? <laughs> Where's Can he going? get to the lagoon? <laughs> yeah. And it's sweaty. We, there's a lot of scene building in yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. His hair plastered to his forehead. We know it's a uniform. We know he had a sweater on before this. We know it's hot. We know this is, it's a beachy area. There's a lagoon involved. Yeah. Well done, William. <laughs> We're sucked in. We're off. Yeah. <laughs> and we've just met our main character, 12-year-old Ralph. Love that name. Mm-hmm. Always love that name. Mm-hmm. He meets another boy on the jungle-filled island they find themselves on, described as very fat and wearing glasses. Piggy. Well, <laughs> we found out that they were on a plane that crashed, but the pilot was not in the main tube of the plane, and the boys think that the surviving children are alone and without any adults. Mm-hmm. It seems they were being evacuated by air during a war, and the boy with glasses speculates, quote, we was attacked, and the tube of the plane they landed in has been washed out to sea. It's, uh, it's, it's, a, you know, it's quite an opening there. Yeah. Mm. So did you read the whole book for this podcast? Uh, yes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So I want to know what was your, 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 the opening, that kind of opening with the first few pages, how did it hit you? Well, because I knew the thing that it's about people stranded on an island, but right. I did not know how they got there. Because on The Simpsons, Otto crashes the bus and then the yeah. bus, <laughs> they get sucked out onto the island. Right. But I did not know it was a plane and I was wondering, what is going on? And for a, like, a while This there, is not true to The Simpsons. <laughs> no. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I was offended. Yes. Not by The Simpsons, but by the original work. Yeah. But they mm-hmm. could have rewritten it. Mm-hmm. Like, it could be Lord of the Flies in brackets, Simpsons edition. Yeah, of course. They renamed the characters. Nelson. But they're all there. So, the same boy that said we was attacked asks Ralph what his name is, but Ralph does not respond in kind. He does say he doesn't mind what the others call him as long as it's not what they called him back in school. Ralph is interested to hear this nickname, which was Piggy. Ralph laughs a lot at this. So he could not care about this kid. He's like, hi, what's your name? He's like, oh, I'm Ralph, whatever. All right, well, you can call me anything you like. Just don't call me Piggy. Such a rookie mistake. <laughs> no. You've got to be like, oh, call me Ace. You've got to make the most of that. Or you got to say, oh, don't, don't call me Ace. Yeah. I hate being called Ace. <laughs> whatever you do, don't call me Gunslinger. <laughs> right there, the fate of this boy is sealed. Yeah. You know, know he's not going to make it out. It is absolutely tragic. Yeah. You just yell. I'm reading and thinking, just don't say that. It's like when you try to give yourself a nickname which i've talked before on podcasts but in year eight i tried to rebrand as cobra and it did not take off what was it inspired by the gi joe villain or the sylvester sloan movie it sounded cool it just sounded cool (laughs) okay cobra you think you could take another run at cobra now you're a bit more mature and annoyingly once on my other podcast do go on uh i tried that and then we were doing a live show once and then matt said you're more of an earthworm (laughs) <laughs> and because I was offended by that, that has the, that has That's, taken off more yes, than Cobra. Yeah. I did the piggy mistake. I should have been like, oh yeah, I'm cool with that. But what I don't want to be called is yeah, Cobra. Cobra. <laughs> yeah, fair. But enough. it didn't work. 
So he says, my name's Piggy. Ralph has laughed a lot. It's the first time he's really paid attention mm-hmm. to him properly. Uh, the boy known in school as Piggy has asthma. He's been wearing glasses since he was three and is quite blind without them. He tells Ralph that he lives with his aunt and uncle after his parents died. And immediately I'm feeling sorry for this kid. <laughs> feeling yeah, really bad. Yeah. He's already made the rookie mistake of being of saying, don't call me anything but Piggy. And now we're hearing his tragic backstory. Yeah. yeah. But Ralph, uh, not like me, is, isn't very nice. He says he, he shows off his dad taught him to swim because he's in the Navy. And surely he'll rescue them. So Piggy can't swim because of asthma and he doesn't have parents. And immediately Ralph's like, I can swim and my dad is, is alive. <laughs> it's like, oh, God, Ralph. Show some tact. I know. <laughs> Little, but oh, that's also part of it. It's very personality setting because it right away tells you that you know Piggy doesn't have social skills. Ralph is friendly, but he's not just like the most sweet. Like, like these boys have socially not developed their abilities to communicate yes, for sure, and, absolutely. and empathize and all those things yet, which is a very boys' school thing. And he's very much, yeah, focused on, you know, it's like, oh, whatever, this kid's just sort of <laughs> dancing around him. Yeah. He just couldn't really <laughs> give a shit about him. Uh, then the two boys spot a large shell that Piggy recognises as a conch shell. Mm-hmm. He says, I've seen one like it before on someone's back wall. A conch, he called it. He used to blow it and then his mum would come. <laughs> what kind of system is that? <laughs> like, you blow the conch and mum arrives and you're like, bring me some biscuits. This is before intercoms, yeah. you know. It's a very early system. But yeah. Also, we're reading into this. Mum could have showed up and been like, stop blowing the wood yeah. put it back on the wall. Exactly. What are you doing? She shows up to hit him on yeah. the back of the head. Jesus Christ, my, my special conch show. What are you, <laughs> what are you into it? That's for oh, emergencies wow. only. Yeah. Uh, so Piggy encourages Jack to blow into the conch, which makes a really loud trumpeting sound, and attracted by the noise, all the other kids stranded on the island begin to gather. Sadly, that kid's mum does not turn up, which would have been <laughs> yeah, fantastic. Solved a lot of problems. Ooh, she she comes, smacks her off in the back of the head, and then swims away. Yeah. Uh, the oldest of the kids are about 12, and the youngest are only six years old, and throughout the book they are referred to by the older ones as little ones. Mm-hmm. Uh, Piggy meets twins named Sam and Eric, and then struggles to remember which is which. He's like, Hang on, sorry, one second. So Jack just tried adjusting the volume on his headphones, and he used the one that knob is. that isn't connected to any headphones at all. Oh, that <laughs> That's literally the only one that has oh, no yeah, headphone yeah, plug. They are it. they are off center, and it's very difficult. <laughs> you I've, would not last on an island, yeah. Jack, at all. <laughs> I've, def- I've deafened multiple people by pull- yeah. pulling the wrong one. Because the only way to find out if it's yours is by turning it up. Yeah. yeah. I suppose I could go down, but usually I go up and people go, what the fuck? (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, continue. (laughs) So, Jack, I'm not sure if you heard the uh, piggy meeting Sam and Eric and then struggling to remember which of the twins is which. Mm -hmm. Right. Classic. Classic. Yeah, comedy. This is the comedy part of the book. Uh, They are basically, they are one person to the extent that when their names are written from this point on, it's now Sam N E R I C. One word. Sam and Eric. Sam and Eric. Okay. They're basically, they're, they're a package. A group of older boys dressed in matching black caps and black cloaks and sweating up a storm arrive on this tropical beach, <laughs> which really made me laugh. Dressed like uh, goths, uh, they are led by a red-headed boy wearing a badge on his hat. He, it seems, is the leader of a choir of boys, a certain Jack Merry Jew. Mer- Do or Jew? Do you all D E W? Okay, yeah. Mer- yeah. Mer- yeah. How would you say right. that? Mer- 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 yeah. Um, 
it's very interesting because they're wearing black with the red uh, thing on the cap, which, you know, like right away, your instinct was goth, the goth kids in school. Yeah, yeah. Whereas uh, the symbolism is is more, um, at the time when William Golden wrote this and everything, he's referencing it during war. This is more fascism symbolism. Oh, okay. So that's the that's the group of kids with with the more fascistic ideology or or attitudes towards things. Or I was furiously tearing up his notes for the rest of the time. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of goth references coming up. Well, for now on, they'll be known as fascist goths. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> all your yeah, all your vampire references and everything. Sorry about that. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. Thankfully, there are few and far between of those. It just made me laugh. Just imagine because <laughs> they're in like tropical, essentially paradise. Yeah. you could say somewhere, and they are wearing black clothes. <laughs> well, one of the boys faints in the sand, and Jack doesn't even care. He's like, oh, whatever. Uh, setting him up as a bad, bad boy. That's right. I'm uh, not sure if this reference works for anyone else, but I was always imagining him because he's uh, redheaded, uh, quite confident. I was imagining him as the kid Gary or rival that is your nemesis in the Pokemon games. Not sure if you ever played no, any of no, those. No, I've never. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, uh, he's a yeah. confident, arrogant, and just a real prick. Okay. <laughs> not a fan. Not a fan of Gary, rival, or Jack, as it were. Never gets enough Pokemon early on, though. No, that's right. There's no reason you can't have a full six, but he just you'll be battling him. He's just he's got like four he's or got something. Three and like, or four. And like they're good, but like just you know, fill up your roster. Yeah, there. have There's some no fillers. Reason. You yeah. can swap them out later. Yeah. He's a fool. <laughs> I always crushed him. Yeah. <laughs> so Jack, uh Meridue tells Piggy to quiet town because he's talking too much. Oh, he actually says, Shut up, fatty. And Ralph says... Lovely. <laughs> well, Ralph's like, mate, he's not fatty. He's Piggy. <laughs> Which everyone, the whole group is, is there, laughs at except Piggy. And now he feels betrayed by Ralph. <laughs> That's the one thing I said not to call me. <laughs> he's like, I could have rebranded as Fatty. Yeah. Again. This was my chance. Cobra, this was his chance. Yeah. 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 Classic earthworm situation. Mm. <laughs> well, Ralph suggests that they elect a chief and Jack says, I should be chief because I'm... Uh, Chapter chorister and head boy, and I can sing C sharp. <laughs> it's always good to get your resume out. This there, is you know? exactly how Scott Morrison became prime minister of Australia. <laughs> it was like a, <laughs> I can sing C sharp, <laughs> and that's how. That's no one how, else could. Yeah, Peter Dutton tried. He could <laughs> no, he had do a, crack. a baritone B, and yeah. <laughs> Frodberg's out on the piano, going bing bing bing. bing. He's correct. He's correct. Uh, they decide to have a vote, and it looks like Jack won't have a, an opponent until someone yells, "How about him with the shell?" Meaning Ralph, <laughs> which is as good a reason as any for them to vote for someone, except for the uh, except for the choir. They all elect Ralph as leader because someone said, "How about him with the shell?" And this thus proves that uh, little boys are just generally stupid. <laughs> basically, this isn't like we're not representing our gender well here. On the beach no, at all. it's not. It's no. not. Yeah. <clears throat> and Jack is obviously pissed at this, so Ralph says he and the choir boys can be the hunters. On the island, which Jack can be the headhunter. Gives him an honorary title, essentially. Cool. But he's like, he laps it up. It's fantastic. I love that. Yeah. It's decided that they should explore the island. So Ralph, Jack, and a choir boy named Simon go exploring. Piggy begs to go with them, but they just ignore him. Oh, Poor old boy. Piggy. So the three explorers go off and have a great time exploring the large tropical island, and they climb the mountain and dis- discover that it is indeed an island, and they are very much on their own. They encounter a wild pig, which Jack, leader of the hunters, hesitates to kill with his knife uh, before it escapes. But he vows to never hesitate again. Mm-hmm. 
therein lies a, a it's that um, what's it called um, Hitchcock's no who's got Chekhov's gun oh, Chekhov's gun oh, right yeah. Chekhov's yeah. knife and this moment right here <laughs> is Chekhov's knife Will it go off? <laughs> Will his knife somehow fire a bullet in the final act? Weirdly, no, actually. It's unresolved. Don't worry about it. Let's move on. Yeah, it turns into a romantic comedy afterwards. Yeah, Piggy goes right. and works out in the woods it's and really comes fun. back all ripped, beats the shit out of Jack, and him and Ralph return to discover they love each other. Well, people don't know that Gilligan's Island is actually based on this. And Lost, actually. Both of them are sequel and part three of Lord of the Flies, yes. So Ralph blows the conch again and summons all the boys and explains that without adults, they'll have to come up with some rules. Mm. One important one is that at these meetings, only the person holding the conch will be allowed to speak. Which when I told my girlfriend that I was doing this uh, on Booksheet, she told me that she studied it in school. And in one of her essays, trying to sound smart, she tried to say, well... This book is so influential. We see it everywhere in, um, you know, in, in, in modern day. People even refer to things as the conch, like uh, people refer to a remote control for a TV as, as a conch. And the teacher said, that's not true. She said, yeah, it is. And then the, the class went around. They said, that's not true. It turns out it was just my girlfriend's family. <laughs> referring to that. <laughs> so well, Sounds like a cool family now. A, yes. I, I think that's a pretty cool thing. A, a nerdy, cool family. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so if you want to make that take off, pass the conch. They still do it to this day. <laughs> so only people holding the conch will be allowed to speak or change the TV channel. That's mm-hmm, what they agree. Mm-hmm. Piggy becomes especially obsessed with the conch, and his frat, his catchphrase becomes, "I've got the conch, I've got the conch." And people Piggy's are not him. helping himself either. Like he started off badly, and I felt bad for him. But at some point, it's like Piggy, you gotta have some survival instinct. And he's got no self awareness. Really, sucks, su- like a big tough kid will start talking. He'll be like, "He's got, he doesn't have the conch, yeah. he doesn't have the conch." <laughs> like, and they're like, "Shut like, up, Piggy." He's really like a. I feel like he's like a bad comedian. He's all like nicknames and catchphrases, <laughs> yeah. all kind of like brand himself. I'm Piggy, I've got the conch. All right, here we go, fatty. Okay, that's me. He's the guy six months into being an open micer. He's got a comedy festival show poster already with <laughs> fake blurbs and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> business cards and shit. <laughs> so Piggy announces uh, after saying, "I've got the conch, I've got the conch," that he's worried that no one knows where they are and that they won't won't be rescued. Mm-hmm. The crowd, especially the young kids, become anxious at this thought. One of the little ones, a boy with a distinctive birthmark on his face says he, snor- he saw a snake-like beast on the island, and this scares the hell out of all of them, especially the younger kids. The first mention of a beast. Uh, it will not be the last. Mm-hmm. Uh, the older boys try to call for calm and assure them that there's no beast and that they'll be fine. It must have just been a nightmare, that's what they say. Ralph suggests that they light a fire and keep it going so they can signal any ships that might float by the island. Everyone gets excited by this, and they run off into the forest grabbing wood, which they throw into a big pile. Piggy curses them for acting like children because he, had, he hasn't even counted them yet. That was one of his jobs, was to take everyone's names. But they've now all just run off. And he's just yelling, I've got the conch. I've got the conch. I've got the conch. I've got the conch. <laughs> They're acting like children, says 12-year-old Piggy. <laughs> so they get this big pile of wood, but they're unsure how to light the fire. They're like, don't you just rub sticks together? Or Have you guys ever been in a survival situation? 
Um, I went camping once to Lake Centurance. It's the only time I've ever been camping. Okay, it's fantastic. It's the only time I will ever, ever go camping. Did it go uh, terribly? No, no, it went perfectly fine. I just don't see the point in it. Like, it's just, why would you put yourself through that when there's a when there's hotels and restaurants right <laughs> yeah. there? Like, I don't, I don't, I, I came out of the tent in you're, the morning. You're camping in a food court. <laughs> well, it was literally, it was a camping ground. So there's camps, there's tents around me and stuff, but also... Why would I go to the bathroom in the woods when I can go to the bathroom in a, in a hotel? Like, why would why am I why am I living this refugee life when I don't have to anymore? Sam, so Sammy's yeah. walking walking five k out of the, out of the into a hotel and then walking no, no, back. We, everyone, all the other tents people got up inside making wood, making fires, and making their breakfast and everything. And I had an argument with my girlfriend at the time, and we made her we went to a cafe and had freaking avocado and toast and coffee like civilized people. I'm like, I'm not drinking shit. So yeah, that's how I would have done. The island. Okay, you would have, would have walked to your local hotel. Yes, or, exactly. I don't understand why the boys didn't do that. <laughs> <laughs> Jack, you're you're a bit of an outdoorsy guy. Yeah, I've done lots of camping and trekking and stuff, but I've always had some sort of uh, something to make fire with. I don't think I've ever had to make fire. Like, do you know how to? Like, with the, what are the flint and? Yeah, have you ever used a yeah. flint? I've tried. It's very difficult. I think maybe when I was in the scouts, I might have done a flint, but it's like I feel like even that, it's like if to do a flint, you'd have to bring that with you and you could just bring matches. Like, I feel like you got to learn how to do it with, yeah. like, just, like, sticks and glass and, like, other tricks like that, I reckon. Glass. Bingo. Eventually, they did it in the book. <laughs> well, eventually, yeah. Jack just grabs the glasses off Piggy's face and uses them to magnify the sun, mm-hmm. which starts a fire. And everyone rejoices. But it quickly goes out. Ralph says they need a team to keep the fire going in case that ship appears. So Jack volunteers his team of hunters slash choir boys <laughs> to be responsible for keeping the fire going so they're ready to signal ships or maybe also sing some sort of siren song to guide them <laughs> in. <laughs> so they light the fire again and again things are great until the fire this time gets out of control and spreads to the forest. Oops. As the fire burns, they realise they don't know how many kids they had on the island to begin with. Oh, wow. (laughs) It's going to be extra furious. (laughs) And Ralph starts saying, Pinky, was your fault. You're the one who was supposed to count these kids. He's like, how was I supposed to? They were running around like children. (laughs) Pinky then realises that he can't see that little kid with the birthmark on his face, the one that said he saw a snake. Uh, He was last seen playing in the part of the forest that is now ablaze. And Ralph is full of shame. So Why is Ralph full of shame? Jack's the one in charge. Jack should be the one who should be held accountable at this point. He was the head hunter. He was the head hunter and also in charge of the fire. Yeah. You're right. Yeah, why is Ralph always taking shit on his... I think, well, he just he feels very responsible for them. He's like, I'm the chief. I should, mm-hmm. I really, I should know where everyone is. I happen to be holding the conch that one time when someone <laughs> yeah. looked at me. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> that moment <laughs> changes everything. Yeah. The conch chose him. Well, really, really piggy. Saw the conch. Yeah, basically. <laughs> and chose him. Piggy should have been in charge from the start. He should have. <clears throat> be a much nicer novel if, it, if he was. So chapter three opens and Jack is hunting a pig with a makeshift spear with much longer hair and he's only wearing shorts and he's very sunburnt. And I was reading that thinking, oh, it's one of the, this, it's the castaway situation. Mm-hmm. where Time jump. It's indicating, yeah, multiple months have gone past and uh, he's now a great hunter. That's what I'm yeah. assuming. <laughs> like, he's great. They've worked yeah. out how to live yeah. on, on the island. Time has passed, and although he's getting better hunting, sensing the movement of the pig, he still misses with a spear and is unable to capture mm-hmm. it. So immediately, he's not Tom Hanks. Yeah. Back at the also, camp. Tom Hanks was hunting fish. He was making it easy. He should have hunted a pig if he really wanted to prove his mettle on the island. Yeah. 
instead of talking to balls all the time. If he, uh, <laughs> he could have captured a pig, had yeah, a pet pig. Yeah, had some bacon. Come on, Tom. <laughs> well, back at the camp, Ralph, the leader, is frustrated because only he and Simon, one of the other older boys, are committed to building a shelter, which keep falling over because the other kids keep running off to play in the water. So he's worried about that. Mm-hmm. Ralph accuses Jack of not doing enough work because his hunters have failed to catch a single pig. It's their one job. Jack counters that they soon will and that his work is important because the kids want meat. So there's growing hostility between these two boys. It's a real yes, Jack versus Ralph rivalry. <clears throat> and I've got to ask you, are you on Team Jack or Team Ralph at this point? It's unfair because I know how it turns out. So, right, but maybe also, <laughs> I never liked Jack's high C singing thing because I'm, I'm yeah, I was just you thought jealous. that was just too high. Yeah, I was. Yeah, are you not, jealous? Yeah, I'm just jealous. I can't go that high, and it frustrates me. Yeah, you're always going to keep you out of leadership roles. In yeah, your own life. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's really hurt me. I feel that, you know? that last karaoke round <laughs> <laughs> it was the swimsuit. my last job interview. Yeah, yeah, the swimsuit competition and then the karaoke round. He really had your standard <laughs> behavior. Damn it. <laughs> How about you, Jack? You, you're um, sensing a, a kinship for either Ralph or Jack. Well, I, f- I feel like I am Team Jack because it's like uh, I feel like catching a pig would be really hard with a stick. You know, it's not that easy. It is difficult, but building a shelter much easier. I I can build a shelter. I've never I have built a shelter. I've never really killed a pig. What, where did you build a shelter? Uh, just on the beach once with some big driftwood and stuff. Cool. Yeah. And and how sturdy like. I mean, it's not standing now, okay. I'm sure, yeah. but at, it was when I left. <laughs> it's actually called the Crown time. Casino now. Yeah, like. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah so I'm, yeah, I'm Team Jack. Give us All some right. Well, everything is okay during the days. Their island life develops a bit of a rhythm. They sort of get into it. But at night, the little ones are scared and continue to worry about a beast. Their diet of berries they pick is also wreaking havoc on their stomachs. Yeah. So that's all they've got to eat. Also, that kid with the birthmark on his face has never turned up. Tragic. Sadly, he never does turn up. Uh, so Jack is still obsessed with hunting pigs and goes off with his face now covered in clay and charcoal, thinking the camouflage will help him sneak up on the beast. Jack is basically slowly turning into, like, first blood Rambo. Yeah, he totally is. Like, that's his journey in this. Yeah. He's basically going to end up yeah. setting fire to the whole village and giving a long monologue no one understands. And he's got he's somehow got, like, a chain machine gun. Yeah. Everyone, yeah. Where did he get that from? Yeah. Uh, he's got, like, Witty one Have you seen The Beach? Uh, with Leonardo DiCaprio? Yes. yes. There's a bit in that which is a bit like Jack's journey, where Leonardo DiCaprio kind of goes off on his own and just starts living in the trees and everything. And, yeah, it's a bit like that. It's I a think. real Jack. Yeah, yeah. Someone gets bitten by a shark, they leave him in the forest to that die. That movie is why I don't go swimming in the ocean in Thailand even. Really? Yeah. Might be sharks. Just in case. But every other, I mean, they're famously only in Thailand. Well, no, I mean, a, any other place I don't either. But people were like, in Thailand, there's no sharks. I was like, I don't know. I saw Have um, you seen the, the beach? beach. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know, that documentary film. <laughs> yeah, that documentary. <laughs> so, yeah. Leo's friend got bitten. So. Yeah. so Ralph and Piggy see a ship on the horizon. Big moment. Mm. They also note that the signal fire up on the hill is out. <laughs> so they run up the hill to try and relight it, but the ship sails on before they can get it going again. They are devastated. Jack and his crew return with a dead pig on a spit, chanting, kill the pig, cut her throat, spill the blood, which is quite, 
quite violent. It's a choir. You know, they, they, yeah, they, they, have, yeah. they have to express their feelings in song. You're right. I really should have been singing that. And also, you're just singing it with the wrong tone. It was more melodic. It was, yeah. you know, kill the pig. <laughs> like, it was more that. You're like, kill yeah. the pig. Sorry, you're Everything right. Everything sounds violent when you chant it that yeah, way. Exactly. You know? yeah. I love you. Whoa. The hills are alive with the sound <laughs> of music. <laughs> like, see, that sounds terrible now. Yes, but if you... Yeah. You're right. You're right. They are singing mm. high C. Yeah. Yeah. Spill the blood. <laughs> Perfect. It's beautiful now. Thank you. So the hunters are also covered in blood, <laughs> but they're very proud of themselves to the point that they barely hear Ralph complaining about the fire and the fact that a ship sailed past. Piggy also has a crack at Jack, which he doesn't take kindly to. So he hits Piggy hard and breaks one of his glasses, essentially half blinding mm-hmm. him. Jack eventually apologizes for the fire going out because it was their job to keep it going, but he does not apologize to Piggy. They cook and eat the pig, and everyone seems happy, except Ralph, who at the end of the meal declares he is calling a late afternoon meeting and storms off down the hill towards the meeting place. And everyone's like, geez, what's going on here? At the meeting, Ralph has a go at the group for not upholding their agreed agreed rules. Mm -hmm. They don't build shelters. They're not collecting water with coconuts. They can't keep the fire going or even using the designated toilet area. It is a mess. So they're just going everywhere. They're shitting everywhere. Oh, man. This sounded like a, a paradise up until this point. Sorry. on fires all day. So I'm going to sneak onto this island. Now it, yeah, but now you're like, it's, a, now it's, shit it's a giant toilet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so he tries to allay their fears of the beasts that remain prevalent. He's like, you're not re- respecting the rules. Everyone's scared of a beast. They don't exist. Things don't go well when Jack says, if there was a beast, he would have seen it because he's been all over the island hunting. But one of the kids says, maybe the beast lives in the water and just comes onto the land at night. Fair point. That's something that no one has thought of, and now the kids get terrified. (laughs) And Jack's like, I don't have an answer for that. I have not been in the water. (laughs) So Ralph tries to calm them down, but Jack speaks out against him without holding the conch, conch, which annoys Picky. Oh, boy. He's like, he hasn't got the conch. He hasn't got the conch. Piggy, you've got one lens in your spectacles. <laughs> Just learn to take a loss. Piggy, yeah. <laughs> you know? he's hanging on by a thread here. Relax. <laughs> he just heard about the water monster. He doesn't need you fucking conching the, it up, man. The same kid that just half blinded you. Yeah. You're now yelling, he doesn't have the conch. <laughs> Shut up, Piggy. <laughs> Jack says, without the conch, who are you anyway to Ralph? Sitting there telling people what to do. You can't hunt. You can't sing. Which I love. Let's be honest. <laughs> That's how most leadership should be judged. I, I, love that. Yeah. I know. If it was, John Farnham would be our Prime Minister. And would would, would that be a bad thing? No, I ask you. I don't think so. I ask you. I do not think so. Yeah. Jack says, you can't, I mean, you, you can't hunt, you can't sing. And he says, if there is a beast, I'll kill it. And he runs off and a bunch of people follow him. Mm-hmm. Piggy tells Ralph to blow the conch. But Ralph says if he blows it now and no one comes back, then it's all over. So he lets chaos reign for now. Which is basically it's a, it's a symbol for the, the illusory nature of leadership and et cetera, et cetera. But also Piggy needs to fucking stop with the conch thing. Yeah. Ralph at Piggy. some point needs to be like, hey, if you say the word conch one more time, <laughs> we're going to smash the yeah. shit out of your face. New rule, Piggy can't say conch. Yeah, basically. <laughs> it doesn't matter who's holding it. But they, they each have an obsession. So Ralph is obsessed with fire. Jack is obsessed with hunting, and Piggy mm-hmm. is obsessed with the conch. <laughs> That's what they want. But Ralph is slowly losing his grip on power here. Mm-hmm. That night, whilst everyone sleeps, it's the twins, Sam and Eric, 
their job to tend the fire. But they too are asleep, so they miss the firefight from military planes overhead. They also don't see the body of a soldier parachute onto the island and then get caught in some rocks. Uh, the parachute blows in the breeze and makes the body move up and down, and his head <coughs> seems to rise and fall like, he, like he's still alive. So Sam and Eric, they do wake up to tend the fire, and with the larger flames, they see the large shadow formed by the dead body and parachute, and mistaking it for this, this beast that everyone's worried yeah. about, they run terrified down the hill and tell everyone that they've seen the beast. Which I guess is understandable. You this is basically season two of Lost yeah. at this point. <laughs> Do they, is it a parachute man? No, but there's a beast, isn't there? Like it's a nanobot. Yeah, it's like a weird sort of smoke monster. Yeah, getting yeah. around. Yeah, so <laughs> smoke monster. Someone's got a smoke machine. Yeah. <laughs> Terrifying everyone. But this does have a more satisfying um, final arc than Lost. But yeah, continues. Yeah, guys, stick with it. It's yeah. not going to suck at the end. Yes. I promise. <laughs> So they, they freak everyone out. They're like, we've seen the beast. It moved. Mm-hmm. The group is terrified, but the older boys, except for Piggy, grab their spears and set out on a mission to find the beast. This they, is Piggy's moment, by the way. If he had picked up a spear and also gone off, they'd be like, all right, you know, you're brave. You can be one of us. But he, they was cradling his conch. I know. He's like, I'll stay here and protect the conch. Yeah. yeah. Someone's <laughs> got to look out for the conch, you guys. have <laughs> seen this before. They do a decoy beast. Real beast comes, takes the conch. Yeah. Now screwed. Yeah, that's right. No one can talk except the beast. <laughs> we have to hear their crazy rants. <laughs> do you want to listen to this beast? Yeah, if you want to make the beast in charge, by all means. <laughs> Really, I'm the only brave one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm the real hero. Yeah, if the beast turns up, it's just me, the beast, and the conch. And I will die for this conch. For some reason, I love it. So the group of uh, kids with the spears, they travel to the only part of the island they haven't been to. They're like, the beast must be there. It's the only place he can hide during the day, because we've been everywhere else. Mm-hmm. It's a rocky outcrop with a cave, and Ralph bravely goes out first. Then Jack joins him, and the two sort of rekindle their friendship. These are the two that have their big rivalry. They start to play around and push rocks into the ocean and note that the area would be a great spot for a fort. But then they see pig tracks and decide to stop their search to go on a hunt. And Ralph even hits the pig with his spear, but it gets away. And he feels exhilarated. He loves it. He finally understands. A bit of lo- blood it's, loss. It's a bit of fun, you know? Yeah. yeah the bl- he's like, oh, killing stuff is fun. Yeah. The group starts playing a game where they pretend one of the boys, uh, Robert, is a pig, and they chant or sing. Sorry, I mm-hmm. thought it was chanting, but maybe you're singing. I'm just singing. As they round him up. <laughs> but the, the game gets a bit out of hand, and they start to injure him with spears before remembering it's just a game. It's a bit disturbing uh, that they get violent so quickly, but Ro- but Robert is okay yeah. in this situation. Piggy would be loving someone else, and they're pretending he's a pig and chasing him around. That would be <laughs> if you're already being called Piggy and someone else is getting the pig treatment. You're, like, That'd trying to rebrand them as Piggy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Boy, that guy's a real Piggy. Shut up, Piggy. <laughs> Shut up, Piggy. <laughs> Damn. Um, but also, it's not too soon for them to be getting violent. They've been on this island for a while now. Yes. You know that their skin's tanned darker and their hair's longer and everything. And, uh, yeah, they've already killed an animal. So they're blooded at this point. In, and know. yeah, and even the, you know, the un, uh, unhunt obsessed man has yeah. just thrown his first spear and gone, this, yeah, this is all right. This is, all right. Yeah, this is a bit of fun. Yeah. Robert, he's about a, the size of a pig. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> can throw spears at Robert. So it's getting late now and Ralph says they should wait until morning to continue their search. Mm-hmm. Most of them are terrified of the dark. But Jack accuses him of being a coward and peer pressures him into joining uh, him and Roger. So they go ahead. Roger, Jack, and Ralph, and into the darkness, they too mistake the dead parachuters for a monster and run terrified down the hill. Mm-hmm. 
Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. So the next day, a meeting is called and Jack accuses Ralph of being a coward and tries a coup of sorts. He wants Ralph to be removed as leader, but when no one votes with him, he cracks it and storms off down the beach and says anyone is welcome to join him. But no one does. At first. At first. At first. So he's really uh, <laughs> put it all on the line and everyone's like, I'm cool with Ralph. Yeah. At first. <laughs> Leadership spill. Standard yeah. Australian behavior. Yeah, but yeah. getting zero votes, it's, yeah. that's embarrassing. Yeah. Yeah. You know, he dottened it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, everyone except Simon is afraid to go and search for the beast. And uh, because he's up where the fire was, Piggy suggests that that's the beast is. Piggy suggests that they build a new fire near their camp. So I assume he's holding the conch. He would never speak. Otherwise, there. Oh, but it's a given. If, yeah. if, if Piggy's got dialogue, conch is in Conch. you got to yeah. imagine that yeah. conch. And also, when anyone else has dialogue, they totally aren't holding the conch. And that's why Piggy's <laughs> that's losing right. his yeah. shit. Yeah, it's just Piggy yelling, he hasn't got the conch. He hasn't got the conch. <laughs> so they get to work building a fire. But by nightfall, many of the older boys have already left to join Jack's new camp. Mm-hmm. Over on another beach, Jack has declared himself chief. He leads another hunt and they kill another pig, leaving her head on a spear in the jungle as an offering to the beast. That's right. So now they're coming up with their own sort of rituals and rules. Yeah, religion. Jack then leads his followers back into the old camp to steal some fire because they don't have the ability to make fire. Piggy's got the conch and also the glasses. Yeah. Yeah. So they go back, they steal a bit of fire, a bit of wood, and he invites anyone publicly to join him and to come over to, over to his beach where they can enjoy a feast of meat. He then says to two of his boys, go on, say it. And they awkwardly say in unison, the chief has spoken. <laughs> like they've clearly rehearsed this yeah, in the bushes. Yeah. All right, I'll say you can come join. And then when I nudge you, you say the chief has spoken. And they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, the chief has spoken. It's very embarrassing. Despite how lame this is, many do desert uh, Ralph's crew to join Jack for the offer of meat. It's that classic sign-up thing on, like, yeah. the first day at uni. Come down for a free beer if you join That's our club. That's right. Sausage yeah, sizzle. Yeah. yeah, come on. And right away you've got a long You're line. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah. Just got to yeah. join the Socialist Alliance. Just have this beer. I feel like if I was one of the kids whose job it was to say the chief has spoken, I would have screwed it up. <laughs> but, like, in the in the heat of the moment and the stress, the speef have choked Like, <laughs> just, just gotten it wrong. Jack's like, damn it! Yeah. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> You're Piggy now. Yeah. <laughs> piggy too, and Piggy's like, yes. <laughs> Five years of quiet practice. You can't say one thing in unison. <laughs> so meanwhile, Simon, one of the choir boys, who was always a bit left of center. Did anyone here go to a boys' school, by the way? I did not. No, did you? Me no, same here. Like, so I always want like our choirs groups 
like in boys schools are they like the fascists hang out there or is that where the power really lies in right so instead of like so you've got jocks and, yeah but also slash choir boys yeah like if you're a jock and a choir boy which is what jack is basically he's yeah because he's big and, and strong yeah and also he can hit a high c does that just make <laughs> you like the most powerful <laughs> kid in school yeah you can hit a high c do a drop pun yeah, you are. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're the coolest kid in school <laughs> Uh, so Simon, one of the choir boys, he's he's always been a bit left of centre. Like he would just go out and hang out in the forest on his own. He's mm. a real uh, bit of a nomad. He snuck away into the forest to get a glimpse of the beast. He's the one that said, "Oh, let's go back up there." And they're like, "Absolutely not." Yeah. He comes across the impale. He is the goth that you yeah, were. Yeah, that, that sounds pretty goth to me. Pretty goth, yeah. pretty punk rock. Yeah. <laughs> he comes across the impaled pig's head that they left as an offering in, in the forest. Now swarming with flies which mesmerizes him and then he hears the voice of the head speak to him as quote lord of the flies another term for the devil it torments him and says he and the others will never escape the island and the voice tells him that he lies within all human beings and with this simon passes out that's right. So there's a bit of a, a mystical moment here. Yeah. Mm. He has a full-on hallucination or a visitation. Yeah, that's right. What, 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 is that real? Or is he having a freak out or in the forest? Or did he have some berries again? And, yes. And some of those berries could be, you know... He's some, been he's had magic mushrooms. Some juju berries, yeah. And now he's... It's such a, like, specifically a grotesque moment that for it to lead to the naming of a, like, vegetarian fast food chain, like, 50 years later. Oh, yeah. So, <laughs> so like for Lord of the Flies to be, I've always like known that was what it was parroting, but, but that to be the specific moment that it's based on, like a rotting pig's head. They didn't think that through marketing wise. So in Australia we have, I think it, it might be just be a Melbourne thing. Is it just a Melbourne I thing? I think it's just a Melbourne thing. I haven't seen it in Perth. It's a late night uh, sort of hot chip place called Lord of the Fries. That's right. They had sweet potato fries, which are pretty all right. I, you know. I really quite rate their uh, thick-cut chip with mm-hmm. a, uh, a Belgian sauce. Basically, during the Melbourne Comedy Festival, it's you'll find most comedians lined up outside <laughs> Lord of the Fries at about, like, 2 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But you're right, it is, Jack. It is because it's, it's like a, everything there is vegan. Like, they do, mm. like, uh, meat-style burgers but with vegan yeah. film. And I really love that they're sneaky about it. Like, they just don't – that's not really their whole advertising. They're like, yeah, it's greasy and it's midnight. Get in yeah, here. Get, and then, and then people come in and they're like, <laughs> oh, ha-ha, we made you healthy. This is a good burger. <laughs> And then they're like, suck it. That Sucked was vegan, in. you idiot. Yeah, that bacon was faking. Yeah. All right. But, it, yeah, because if you look at it, everything does say, like, meat patty. But they might smell meat, like, slightly off, like yeah. M-double-E-T or something. But like an umlaut in there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What does that mean? Meat patty? Although it is weird that, like, you know, when you order your food, they give you a conch. And when you, when you <laughs> yeah. your conch vibrates yeah. when you know it's your Ooh. turn. Yeah. I've got the conch. I've got the conch. <laughs> So that's obviously where the title of the book mm-hmm. comes from, Lord of the Flies. Mm-hmm. And I did read, oh, God, it was called something else, like The Outsiders or something like that. Oh, really? And then... Uh, yeah, an alternate title for it. Yes, apparently William Golding wanted to call it that, and the publisher knocked it back as quite boring. And I feel like... Mm-hmm. Would it have been that successful, do you think, with that? The, this no, is it's a great a, title. Lord great of the title. Flies is a great title. Iconic. And then, obviously, we'd, we wouldn't have this great late-night vegan food. Yeah. So yeah. history would have it's changed. really vindicated We itself. probably would have lost the Second World War somehow. Mm. I would have called it Piggy and the Boys. <laughs> <laughs> Sell some units, I think. Conch. <laughs> yeah, conch. Or yeah. I've got the conch. I've got the conch, yeah. Picture of a kid on the front holding it. <laughs> I mean, sell a few units. 
when Simon does wake up, so he's just had this hallucination or visitation, we're not sure, he continues his journey up the hill to try and find the beast. And despite having been the one who has that hallucination, he's also the first one to see sense. And when he sees the parachutist's body, he realises what's happened. Yeah. It's not a beast at all. It's just a man. Although it does smell terrible. Now it's been rotting in, uh, you know, out in the open. So he, it smells so bad that he vomits. He manages to regain his composure enough to untangle the parachute from the rocks. He then decides to head back down the mountain and tell the others what he's just seen. Explain away the myth. He's like, well, first, the pig talked to me. Yeah. <laughs> then I fainted. Yeah. Then I vomited. And now I've got you a parachute. And they're like, why don't you fuck off, mate? <laughs> You're yeah. not doing well. Have, have less berries in your diet. And then we'll talk. I actually did not uh, make that connection that he essentially his plan is to go down there and, I, and say, hey, that's not a beast. Also, there's another beast. Yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> also, the devil is here. Yeah. Now, and that's he's not, in all of us. That's not the beast to worry about. Yeah. Good news and bad news. Yeah. <laughs> so, Jack's camp is having their feast on the beach, and Ralph and Piggy even go over to observe. Basically, everyone's gone over everyone's to the second there. camp for this feast. Jack is covered in war paint, sitting on a king's throne, and barking orders to what are now essentially his servants. They all eat meat, even Ralph and Piggy. And Jack offers for the newcomers to join his tribe. He mm-hmm. said, anyone who's here, you can join my tribe. Most except, except despite Ralph protesting, saying that they have no shelters and a storm is brewing. Uh, Jack jumps up and orders his followers, as a bit of a power play, to do their hunting dance. And the group start chanting or singing, Sammy, mm-hmm. kill the beast, cut his kill throat, the beast. spill his blood. <laughs> I mean, it's beautiful. Yeah. Spill his blood. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sung to the tune of Wake Me Up Before You Go-Go by Wham. <laughs> they did the Kill the Beast. <laughs> uh, it's sort of mesmerising, and even Piggy and Ralph on the outside of the group start to feel part of it. Mm-hmm. So it's quite tribal what they're doing. Roger mimes being a pig at first, and the group start to chant. It gets louder and louder, and they sort of do the, the faux attack on him. But he doesn't get hurt. Then Simon, who's been up on the hill, crawls out of the shadowy bushes... He's yelling, yelling about a body that he saw up on the hill. Mm-hmm. But in the trance-like state, the hunters do not seem to recognise him and they, d- they descend upon him in mass, screaming, biting, tearing and clawing, which sounds vicious. Only when it starts to rain do they get off him, Simon lying dead on the beach. Oh, man. The first kid killed. Yeah, so the, his body is washed out to sea mm-hmm. and they have this all been a, a part of... Basically, kill him because it, it, it's almost like ritual sacrifice because they were all kind yeah. of head up because of all the singing and the and the meat eating and everything, and then they just killed one person. Yeah. Meanwhile, excuse the killing if you've all been singing. It's gonna happen. Yeah, I mean, exactly. <laughs> a bunch of boys singing at the same time. There's gonna be casualties. Yeah, I mean, that's usually <laughs> how most. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you sound like people protesting against the Beatles in the sixties. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If these four boys come together, <laughs> there's gonna be murders. <laughs> I don't know what karaoke's you guys go to, but mine usually end in bloodshed. <laughs> yeah. So, meanwhile, up on the hill, the dead bodies parachute. Now it's been untangled from the rocks. Is picked up by the wind and flies over the beach where the kids are. The boys run terrified into the forest as the parachutist is blown out to sea. So importantly, now the dead body and the only person who knew the truth that it wasn't a beast are both gone. Yes. So any any way of explaining that there's no beast, not possible anymore. Yeah. 
The devil spoke to the wrong guy. He'd be so annoyed. He's like, I had one shot to get my message out. <laughs> really I wasted it on, straight away. On you know how hard it is to take the form of a dead pig's head? Yeah. <laughs> that was my one shot per month. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the next morning, Piggy and Ralph are back at their beach camp, deeply ashamed of what happened to Simon and that they were there. It's now just them, the twins, Sam and Eric, and the little little ones that remain. Everyone else has gone and joined Jack. Piggy tries to rationalise that what happened to Simon was an accident as the group that descended on him didn't realise it was him. But Ralph says it was murder. But then they all try and uh, the four of the, the boys there, Sam, Eric, Ralph and Piggy, all sort of try and pretend that they weren't there last night. They're like, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, went home pretty early, actually. So, uh, <laughs> All that singing and dancing yeah, really duckered me out. Yeah, yeah, that's right. After the first bit of singing, I wasn't there for that second bit where we yeah. killed a boy. Uh, yeah, I wasn't there. They're like, what? No, nothing, nothing. I didn't I didn't even know that a boy was killed. First I've heard of it. Mm. Simon, never met him. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so Jack and his crew have now set up on their rocky outcrop that earlier had been speculated would make a great fort. Referred to as Castle Rock, mm-hmm. which Stephen King... That's right. Which I was reading... Because he's a giant Lord of the Flies fan. Like, he, he considers it one of the best books ever written. And it's the name of the town in which he set most of his short stories for the first half of his career, Castle Rock. And then um, the production company that made Seinfeld That's was inspired right. by Stephen King. You know, at the end of Seinfeld, it says mm-hmm. Castle Rock Entertainment. Yeah. There you go. Uh, Jack rules with an iron fist, punishing boys with violence and saying that Ralph and Piggy are a threat to them. So he's really uh, turning the others against them. Yeah. He's pushing the story that Simon was the beast and that the beast can take many forms and that they must guard against it. The so, beast turned into our friend Simon. We had to murder him. He's a shape-shifting beast. <laughs> anyone could be the beast except for me. Yeah, that's right. Also, has anyone seen Simon? No. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> that's always the beginning of the end when people start like assuming shape-shifting is happening. That's always like right before shit gets real bad. When they're like... <laughs> yeah. If that is believed by everyone, it's all over. Yeah. This is the moment that a young John Carpenter, while reading this book, goes, oh, that's a pretty good idea for a sci-fi movie. And the thing was born. It's also um, what I find ruins the Mission Impossible movies because you can't trust mm, anyone because they have the that, that mask. Thing. You can just dress up as anyone. Yeah. You can't trust anyone. See, it was deep fake before deep fake it's was too much. Like, you can just undo three hours of plot by being like, oh, yeah. by the way, it was me, Tom Cruise. Yeah, but it's always Tom Cruise. It's we know that. Tom Cruise. Yeah. So Jack leads a group of hunters to go and steal fire from the other camp because they still don't have the ability to make their own. At this point, just it's only Ralph and Piggy in the other camp. Just take all the fire. <laughs> like, just take it. Yeah, stop well, stealing it. Well, in the middle of the night when they're asleep, they attack Ralph, Piggy and the twins, pulling oh, yeah, down the their twins. shelter and badly assaulting them. Mm-hmm. Ralph is confused why they didn't just ask for the fire because he's like, I would have gladly shared yeah. it. But Piggy reveals he knows why. They've taken his glasses so they can have fire anytime they want. Mm. Piggy can barely see now, and they have no fire, so it's decided the only course of action is to go to Castle Rock and talk some sense into Jack, which sounds like a great plan. Every bit of this idea will, will, will work out fine. Maybe they haven't heard the shape-shifting theory yet. <laughs> they think they can still bring him back from the edge. <laughs> so Ralph takes the conch with him to remind the oh, others. Oh, God damn conch. <laughs> <laughs> He's got to remind them of their former society. And he carefully leads Piggy, who can only see a couple of feet in front of him. Yeah. They get to Castle Rock, which sits high on a cliff above the ocean, and Ralph tries to talk some sense into the boys that are on guard duty there. Jack is off hunting, and they've been told not to let Ralph in. 
Ralph blows the conch to try and shame them, mm-hmm. but they don't listen. Jack and a group of his hunters arrive carrying a pig carcass. Ralph calls Jack a thief for taking Piggy's glasses, which he takes great offence to. Even I don't know how you could argue against that. Yeah. I'm not a thief. I just took the glasses yeah. that weren't mine. He wasn't using them. He was <laughs> His eyes were closed yeah. at the time. He was sleeping. He wasn't lighting fire with them. <laughs> and um, both carrying spears, Jack and Ralph begin to fight using them as swords. Do a bit of fencing. Mm-hmm. Piggy, who is crouching down for balance on the high cliff because he can't see anything, reminds Ralph why they came, and Ralph delivers an impassioned speech about how without a signal fire, they'll probably never be rescued. Remember, that's his obsession. Yes. But the boys mostly laugh at him. So Jack orders members of his tribe to grab the twins, Sam and Eric, and tie them up. They are captured and led away, and he says to Ralph, See, they do what I want. Bad boy. Yeah. He's the boss. Ralph screams, You're a beast and a swine and a bloody, bloody thief. They again fight this time with their fists. Holding up the conch. And you can't even sing a high C. Say, you bastard. (laughs) We have no way of proving it's still a high C. (laughs) I have perfect pitch. No, you don't. Holding the conch, Piggy tries to deliver an impassioned speech to break up the tension. He yells, I got the conch. I got the conch. (laughs) And the group amazingly goes silent for him. It worked. The conch worked. He says, I got this to say. You're all acting like a crowd of kids. He starts lecturing them and then also, and Jack also starts yelling and now they're both yelling. High up above them, a boy named Roger who's been a real prick throughout this whole story. Yeah. Roger's a shit name. Oh, it's funny like, because I've never met a Roger I like. It's from the 50s, all these boys' names. Yeah. They have like grandpa names. Yeah. <laughs> Bartholomew. Yeah. A boy <laughs> named yeah. Rudolph. Yeah. And Roger, he's been, he's, been, uh, he's violent. He's not a good kid. He's standing up on a cliff next to a boulder. He's high up above them, and he pushes the boulder off with a stick, using it as a a lever. It's massive, and it rolls down the hill, knocking Piggy, smashing his beloved conch into a thousand pieces, and Piggy is pushed off the cliff by the force down to the rocks 40 feet below. So he's fallen over 10 metres. He hits his head, and he dies instantly. The harsh waves suck his body into the sea. Tragically, Mm -hmm. Piggy is no more. Man. Ralph is speechless and Jack yells, See? See? That's what you'll get. I mean that. There isn't a tribe for you anymore. The conch is gone. Let alone poor Piggy. Yeah. Jack has no no pity for Piggy. No, Piggy. Even Ralph isn't really thinking about Piggy that much. He's shocked. It's disassociation is what it is. I suppose it's one way of sort of dealing with the situation. Isn't it? Yeah. I've never got to look at this conch, though. It might be so good that it's, it's a like, great conch. Yeah. When you see the conch, you get it. You're yeah. like, oh, this yeah. is better, As than, that, better than a boy. That, that's worth at least three boys. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> when a third boy's, boy dies, I'll be upset. But two until then... Two have died. Yeah. But that, that conch is still... That's only like oh, two-thirds of a conch. But now we lost the conch. We've so. lost the conch. Yeah. <laughs> we never know. We never know. <laughs> I just started giggling about... This is not related, but I just started imagining a... An antiques roadshow where they like give the value of something in boys. Yeah. Like, like, 
this cabinet, uh, seven boys maybe. I don't know if we can get it authenticated. Seven yeah. boys, <laughs> and they say, "Oh my goodness!" Oh, <laughs> well, I would never sell it. Of course, it's been this this uh, <laughs> thing worth seven boys has been in the family for a long time. Yeah. As they as they calling up Christie's on their yeah, phone. Like, yeah, I'll have to get insured though for yeah. seven boys. <laughs> I thought it was only worth two. So, with Jack. Yelling, this is there's no try for you anymore. He throws his spear at Ralph, which hits him in the chest and badly wounds him, and Ralph runs for his life into the jungle. Mm-hmm. Initially, Ralph, who is quite wounded, goes back to the, his shelter, but he decides not to spend the night there alone. He goes back to Castle Rock to talk some sense into the others. He this still is, thinks he can get so through to them. Well the first time. Yeah, yeah. He's like, all right, we went over with four. I came back with one. I reckon I can, I can spin the situation. Maybe I didn't say the right words. Yes. It was just the phrasing was wrong. <clears throat> on the walk there, he comes across the Lord of the Flies or the pig's head on a stick. He grabs the stick to use as a weapon and in doing so, knocks the skull onto the ground, which breaks in two. Mm-hmm. Symbolic. That's right. He gets back to Castle Rock and sees that the twins, his old friends Sam and Eric, are on guard duty. He speaks to them, but they say they can't help him now for fear of being beaten. Basically, they were tortured into joining uh, Jack's crew. They tell Ralph that the others plan to search for him the next day. Uh, They do give him some meat. Ralph explains that he will hide close by in the bushes because they'll never think to look that closely to their own hideout. All right. Clever. Clever. Kind of plain sight. He asks the twins to try and keep the search away from him. He's like, do us a favour. Ralph asks him what the other's plans are for him when they find him, and they say that they saw one of the group sharpening a stick at both ends, which sounds very nasty. But before they can complete the thought, someone else comes, and Ralph has to run away. He can hear Sam and Eric being reprimanded for talking to him. So Ralph, with that hanging over him, knowing that they're looking for him with a sharp stick, not knowing both ends. at both ends, not knowing what's going to happen, he hides in a very thick bush. But he awakes to hear Sam and Eric giving up his position under duress. So his old friends have sold him out. Twins. Can't trust them. <laughs> I know. Exactly. Yeah. They'll look out for each other, but no one Ralph's else. twins. Just generally don't trust anyone. <laughs> yeah, never trust. Yeah. Never trust a man not holding a conch. First, they push a huge boulder onto uh, Ralph's hiding place, and then they try to get at him with sticks. But the place he's hiding is so thick they can't get to him. So then he smells smoke and realises that Jack has set fire to the jungle around him to smoke him out. Mm-hmm. The flames spread quickly and soon a large portion of the island is ablaze. Excellent short-term thinking there, Yeah, that's Jack. right. All right. We'll, no, yeah. Great. If there's nowhere to hide, we'll get him. <laughs> also, we'll have nowhere to live and also the berries will be ruined. But, but we got him. We got him. <laughs> Ralph runs for his life and pushes through Jack's men with his spear Panicking and wondering what to do, he runs, pursued by a team of spear-throwing boys screaming across the jungle. They've now fully lost it. Yeah. They have, they've, there's no society left here. He outruns the savage boys and the fire and makes it onto the sand of the beach, thinking he's about to be killed. Quote, he staggered to his feet, tense for more terrors, and looked up at a huge peaked cap. He was white drill, epaulets, a revolver. A row of gilt buttons down front of a uniform. A naval officer stood on the sand, looking down at Ralph in his wary astonishment. End quote. The officer looked at a semicircle of clay-covered boys who had appeared on the beach. Fun and games, said the officer. <laughs> <laughs> it seems the fire had attracted the attention of a nearby Navy boat. So Ralph was right about a fire. Yeah. They just had to set fire to the entire island. That's all. 
It's about the size of the fire. <laughs> he says, uh, we saw your smoke. What are you doing, having a war or something? Nobody killed, I hope. Any dead bodies? Only two, says Ralph, and they're gone. The officer knew when people were telling the truth. He's like, holy shit. <laughs> this kid is not lying. These boys have seen some shit. I thought they were mucking around. He also asks who's in charge. I am, says Ralph loudly. The officer says, I would have thought a pack of British boys would have been able to pick up, uh, uh, put up a bit better than that, I mean. Ralph says, it was like that at first, before things. Mm-hmm. Ominously. Oh, well, also, it wasn't like that at first. It was <laughs> yeah. shit from the yeah, get-go. Yeah, it wasn't great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it wasn't great. It was you just want to a... look cool for the Navy guy, though. <laughs> yeah. We did a pretty good job yeah. for a while, man. Yeah. Man, uh, if you'd come three days ago, that would have been it fantastic. Was fantastic. It was fantastic. Yeah. You know, we just Eating had on the beach. Beast. And... Simon was, like, seeing, like, Beelzebub on, the, yeah. you, know, on, you know, on a stick. <laughs> Biggie was still alive. It was great. He was yelling, I've got the conch. We loved it. (laughs) But with that, he said before things, and with that, he began to cry, giving into the grief. And then the other boys join in. So they all start sobbing on the beach. And the last line of Lord of the Flies is, and in the middle of them, with filthy body, matted hair, and unwiped nose, Ralph wept for the end of innocence, the darkness of man's heart, and the fall through the air of the true, wise friend called Piggy. The officer, surrounded by these noises, was moved and a little embarrassed. He turned away to give them time to pull themselves together and waited, allowing their eyes to rest on the trim cruiser in the distance. End book. That's right. So we can assume that they were rescued. They were rescued, but they were rescued by a ship of war, the idea being that men always make war. I love that. Yeah. And also, tragically, we never learned Piggy's name. Doesn't matter. It's just Piggy. He's Piggy. He's Piggy. Yeah. We're all Piggy. We are all Piggy. That's well, right. I'm Cobra, but... I'm Conch. <laughs> <laughs> now that I think about it. Um, yeah, it's a... I mean, yeah, it's a metaphor. It's a whole thing a metaphor for society and, 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 and fascism and, and war and, and all of those things. But there's a really cool footnote to this, which is in 1953 or 56, there was a group of six Tongan boys who actually did get marooned on an island for a prolonged period of time. And they did, and they did very well. Yeah, yeah they, they made a pact well. right away to never quarrel. And they held that pact up. And then they built shit and survived until people found them. Yeah, they did. I mean, they. I assume that they didn't smash their conch. No. Everything they kept was the, great. Yeah, they respected the conch. And, uh, Do you so remember basically, how long they were there? Oh, uh, no, I don't I have no idea. Actually. I remember it was like several weeks was the in the article that I read. Yeah, quite a long time. We did a uh, Do Go On podcast about that, actually. No way. Mm-hmm. And um, and so, yeah, the, it basically, it turns out anyone would do fine in that situation except for private school boys. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> Is the moral That's of the it. story. Yeah. Jack, how are you feeling? Obviously, uh, Sammy's known this story for a long, long time, but... Um, yeah, I, I really enjoyed that. I feel like it got... Um, uh, I, f- I feel like I don't like stories where everyone's a kid in it. I don't know why. I just I find them generally quite boring, and I feel like you have to be... You have to, if it's a kids-only thing, mm-hmm. it's got to be of such a high quality for me to care at all. Yeah, I feel yeah, like. yeah. So it's yeah, I'm definitely more interested to read it now because sure. I feel like prefer this to like the Famous Five or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> I did like when they killed George at the end of Famous Five. And, yeah, <laughs> they sacrificed know. him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, really, I I liked how it got. Um, there was no like. The the descent into chaos was really well measured. Mm-hmm. I felt like there was no point where you're like, 
oh, that's too much of an aggressive jump yes. towards madness. Like every step, you're like, I can see how that would, I can see how that would, I can see how that would happen. And then yeah. you get to the point that you're all killing each other and running around with spears and burning everything down. And you're like, oh, yeah, yeah, that was a, that was a, like a smooth, realistic descent into madness. And uh, I, um, I was not aware of the bit where they kill Simon and then the body f- floats away. I was mm-hmm. like, that is, that's good storytelling. Then. Yeah, that's great storytelling. Yeah, it's really, really good because it's like, well, now there's no way of ever finding out. They made a movie, but I, I can't remember. Um, I remember we watched it in school and it was okay. I remember thinking that at the time it was okay. So it probably wasn't very good at all <laughs> um, in retrospect. But yeah, if someone doesn't want to read the book, which I have, it's beautifully written. It's a very, you know, sparse prose and everything. It's great. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I will say there's a lot of description of Ireland. I feel like I have been on this island now. Yeah. There's mm. a lot a lot of description of you. At the moment, uh, it's harder to go on a tropical holiday. Um, so in between mm. the children murdering each other, it you also great. feel like yeah. you're on a beautiful <laughs> yeah. beachside lo- location. Yeah. So there's that element as well. There, there. So it's, 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 it's relaxing while also being harrowing. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, if you look past... The time that Piggy fell to his death. Mm. I mean, the uh, trees were lovely. It's yeah. great. There's berries. Yeah. You know, there's pigs. You know. Yeah. Yeah. How would you? Do you think you guys would go if you were stranded on an island? Uh, I w- I would love it until I didn't. I, the idea of <laughs> yeah. doing that sounds great to me. Like and I, we know you do have a bit of uh, outdoors experience. Yeah, I need Jack there. So, if I'm great. Yeah, yeah, I. I yeah, You've I, built a shelter before. I yeah. like that. <laughs> I feel like when I get stressed, I really like fantasize about just living in the woods or living on an island yep. or something. That's like a real stress relief thing. So I <clears throat> have a great time until I got hungry and realized I actually had mm. to do some shit. And then if that stuff <laughs> was like harder than I imagined, then yeah, that would be annoying. Yeah, when but I get stressed, I fantasize keen. about moving to a hotel. So it's similar. On the island, you are just thinking about that hotel <laughs> yeah, the entire time. Yeah. I think I would be absolutely terrible. I mean, I do love I love a tropical beach. Yeah? Fan- but I didn't, I'm also not a big fan of camping <laughs> and, and sleeping pigs outside. For meat and, yeah, that's yeah. right. I think I would do badly. Yeah, I would not survive. Very- Firstly, if my glasses break... I'm done. For oh, it. how far can you see without those? And barely. I can barely see anything. A minus 10.75 and minus 11 in, in both my eyes. So I'm shit without my specs. Okay. And after those are gone, which will inevitably happen, um, yeah, I'm done for. Then I might as well be eaten by the other kids. You know, in fact, I might sacrifice myself so the other kids have something to, <laughs> You're willing to, do to that. save. That's you know. very big of you. Yeah, thank you very much. <laughs> and also, then they have your glasses to start the fire. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, um, you know, everyone gets helped out and, and um, yeah, I wouldn't last long. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I, I would not last long. Um, depends where, like, there's, it's, it is crazy how ill-equipped we are to do that. I think, like, I got really obsessed with this show, I think it was called Alone or something, where it was just, like, people just get dumped in these different, it was, like, in, this one was in Canada, I think. In, oh, Man vs. Wild. <laughs> Uh, this is like no. groups of people, like okay. a reality right. show, and it's you have to stay there as long as you can. Oh, I'm a celebrity, get me out of here. <laughs> <laughs> Do these people go against their will? <laughs> yeah, they just drag anyone on the street, and they wake up there, and they don't know yeah. where they are. But it was, um, and these are, no, they're like survival experts wow. and stuff, and they're like, sometimes they'll be going great for like months and months, they'll have built a shelter, they'll be hunting, they'll be fishing, they'll be foraging, and then they'll just fall uh, in the lake a little bit. And then they'll just, like, their just body can't warm up. They're just too cold. And they can sit next to the fire and it's just hypothermia is too much. Wow. Oh, wow. Like, just little bits like that where you wouldn't even, 
like survival experts who really yeah. know their stuff. It's just like little things like that. Like we're yep. so unequipped to actually survive long term without any any backup. Oh man, that has made me think even my chances are even slimmer. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, it's little things like there'll be ticks that'll poison your blood for some reason, or there'll be yes, some yeah. bug, or, or like a berry, f- like you don't get yeah. sick immediately, but like after eating nothing but that for three weeks, it's like oh, you know, you shit yourself to yeah. death, or yeah. In in my case, it would just be yeah, it would I yeah, there'd be some health issue, or there'd be some weather issue, or something, and yeah, it's not worth it. Don't do it. <laughs> Don't do it. <laughs> don't get shipwrecked on an If island. you were thinking of doing a lot of <laughs> yeah. fries, don't do it. That tour, do that tour is not worth the prompt money. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting, and I suppose that this is also shows that just because it is told from the the perspective of the, the kids. Like, you never find out much about the plane crash or what happened. Yeah. Or, like, you know, like what the situation was. It's obviously quite amazing that so many of them survived, but... It's also implied that not all of them did. I wonder what happens like later, because obviously them collecting it's a news story and all that stuff. Yeah, when they get back. What like does Jack go into investment banking? Does does Ralph become yeah. you know a, an environmentalist or a human rights advocate or something? You know, what happens in the thirty year or the fifty year reunion? Yeah, do they have the reunion and do they do you know do they get punished for their crimes or do they all like have oh, a cone of silence? Yeah, I don't think they'd get they were kids. You can't but like, do you them. think that they you know the parents find out that? Two boys were murdered, or yeah. do they? Biggie and Simon's mums want to know what the <clears> fuck went down. Or could you just say, "Hey, some people died in the plane crash." Yeah. Wink, 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 wink. It's like those kids in Alive, the movie where they, um, the plane, the football team, Argentina. Oh yes, in Uruguay, yes. yeah, yeah. They, they all, to... all ended up eating each, the the dead bodies, and everyone's like, "We just, we just got by. We ate snow." Yeah, for a long off. time. Don't <laughs> say anything. Yeah. Don't say anything. Why are there bite marks on the butt? (laughs) (laughs) Shut up. (laughs) So we always score it out of five at the end Mm. of of uh, of of the podcast. Now I'm feeling the same. You'll probably give a quite a a positive score, but I don't want to put words in your mouth. But maybe we'll start with you, Jack. How are you feeling? Out of five, what would you give Um, Lord of the Flies? I'm going to say, having not read it but enjoying the description, I'm going to say a three and a half. Three and a half out of five from Jack. Thank you. What very would much. you give it? I'm going to give it. I must say, I'm going to give it a four point five. Wow! I did, I did very much enjoy it, and I felt like the uh, halfway through, I was a bit like, "Oh, this is a bit of a kids' book," mm-hmm. you know, like just in terms of because you are following kids. It did feel like something not like maybe a young adult novel yeah, type yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. then as the madness ensues and uh, uh, stuff like the fact that they they can't prove that it is not a beast anymore things like that i was like oh okay i'm really enjoying this and it just uh yeah it really sucked me in and it bumped up that last sort of point i'd say in the last quarter well yeah that's interesting because i haven't read it in years um and when i read first read i was in year nine so yeah very young so i probably loved it for that reason i'd probably give it a four yeah four out of five fantastic Even though it shaped your life, you're not yeah, going to... Yeah, I was going to mm. say, that's a very conservative <clears throat> scoring system. I, there's two books that put above it in terms of, like, you know, even better in terms of influencing me and stuff. This was a very big one. It's probably one of the reasons why I have, like, um, I ended up becoming a journalist or something because of distrust of power, which yep. is a big part of the lesson of this book. But, um, yeah, I'd probably say Midnight's Children would be a five, and that's the only one that would be a five, and The Stand might be a 4.5. Okay, so so your scale five is the perfect book. Yes. And there's only one. Yeah, that's right, Midnight's Children Midnight's is the only Children one. by Salman Rushdie, yeah. Okay, right. fantastic. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'll go there. I must say I've given quite a few books five on this show. So. All right, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but if I adjust my scale to the <laughs> yeah. Sammy Shah scale... Then, yeah. <laughs> 
What got a five last that you remember? Uh, I gave the Grapes of Wrath five. All right, fair enough. Did Except for the, uh, the the milk part at the end. <laughs> yeah, that it's, was, it's quite I think that knocks it down a point. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. uh, Decision. Well, it could be argued that that is a beautiful ending yes. to a harrowing tale, Jack. Um, <laughs> don't give it away in case uh, you have not read that one. Um, there's a few that I've given of Mice and Men. I really like Steinbeck. Yeah, yes, uh, I gave that great. five out of five. Um, it does always amuse me. I sometimes have people on here and I talk about this and it's like, I'll, I'll do a Shakespeare and they give it one and a half or something. <laughs> it just really makes me laugh. I love that. I love it. It's so funny. There's been, there's, there was some shit Shakespeare There's been well. a few. Yeah, yeah. There's been a um, a few, but yeah, um, that's that's the most two. Okay, cool. Give, give yeah. five. I really should go back and keep like a, a. I write it down at the end of each of them, but I don't keep it in one place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What so, I should yeah. do is keep like a little tally and get that's the average right. of it. Maybe yeah. start a Goodreads account where it's just like the book cheat average for this book. Because we're looking at between us, we're giving it a four out of five. I think that's good. Yeah, not bad. Yeah, good oh. job, William. So uh, at the end of Lord of the Flies, I feel like we've learned a lot about each other today. Mm. Definitely. But no, thank you so much for coming on, gentlemen. And um, it's coming up into Melbourne Comedy Festival season here yes, in it Melbourne. Is. And uh, both of you have some shows coming up, which I'd love people to check out. Yeah. Mine is called Conch. It's uh, <laughs> it's all about the importance of conches. This is very um, great. Yeah. great, great <laughs> yeah. um, this is the, a very like conch based. Like only I talk. This is yeah, it. Yeah. you talk. Yeah. You're insane. <laughs> yeah. No like, heckling can happen. Start yeah, yelling I, I at people if they do <laughs> yeah. speak out. Yeah. Uh, no, yeah, my shows. Uh, it's called Sammy Shah Cock. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Which is C U C K Cock, and um, it is basically from the March 24th to the April. 6th uh, or 5th, sorry, March 24th, April 5th at the Comedy Republic. Tickets still available. Fantastic. I'll put a link in the description of this episode to check that out. And Jack, your show? Uh, my show is called Rat Paradise. <laughs> I love um, that title as well. Thank you. Uh, it's, uh, yeah, 10 nights, sort of the middle two weeks of the Comedy Festival at uh, Loop Bar. Cool. And, um, yeah, come check that out if you can. I'll also put a link there. Both of your stand-up I'm a big fan of. Thank so you very highly much, recommend man. if you uh, are out and about in Melbourne and want to see some shows, we can go out and about again. How good is this? Don't yeah. jinx it. Okay, okay, sorry, yeah. sorry, sorry. And I don't want to jinx it because I'm doing my first ever and possibly only ever live book cheat around the same oh, time. Oh, cool. On oh. Uh, Sunday, April 4th at 4.15 in the afternoon at the European Beer Cafe, you can see uh, me, uh, Ben Russell, and Michelle Brazier go through a classic live That's before awesome. your very li- uh, lives and eyes. Yes. <laughs> Um, so yeah come along to that as well I'll put a link in the description of this episode but until next time gentlemen thank you so much for joining me thanks Thanks for having us and I always say at the end of this uh, and I'm slightly embarrassed to say it for the first time in front of Sammy but books forever (laughs) (laughs) I agree with that sentiment (laughs) bye everyone ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 